Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And sometimes I am at a huge disadvantage. Sometimes I am at a huge disadvantage. And not just necessarily in life in general. Sometimes in baseball, as I assess things, I am at a huge disadvantage. I'm at a huge disadvantage sometimes because I prioritize the Cubs pipeline. I prioritize the Cubs pipeline and I am used to what I see in the Cubs pipeline year after year after year after year. And I'm not familiar with what I see in other pipelines. I'm familiar with what I know. What I know is what I see and that's what I'm familiar with. So if the Cubs are bad at something, I'm probably bad at assessing it because I don't know what I'm supposed to be assessing. For instance, if a person wants to make the argument that the Cubs starting pitching development has been rather bad the last stretch of years, Two years, five years, ten years, fifteen years, thirty years, whatever. Then I'm probably pretty bad at develop, uh, assessing pitching development because I haven't seen enough of it. It's getting better. Adver Elzelay is a um, very reasonable s- developing starting pitching option. Um, he's having struggles. He's having successes. That's how most starting pitchers are as they develop. They're so, hey, he did really well that game. Ooh, that game. He, you know, he, he need a little bit more than that. Uh, he, he should probably be pitching a little bit longer. Ooh, he's having a difficult time against left-handed hitters. He said, not all pitchers develop flawlessly. They struggle. Kyle Hendricks was completely an outlier. That should not have happened. But Kyle Hendricks basically as if figured it out on his own. And now Cubs fans think, oh, that's how all pitchers are. All pitchers are like Kyle Hendricks. No, really, they're not. Most pitchers struggle with command. Severely struggle, struggle with command. Then they eventually kind of get it figured out. They start off really rough, really ragged. Then eventually, at some point, they become more reliable. But pitchers like Edward Elsley, Alec Mills, Keegan Thompson, Justin Steele, that's what you get with a developing pitcher, each onto their own sort of spectrum. But I'm not talking about pitching today. I'm not talking about pitching today. I'm talking about outfielders today. The Cubs have been disgustingly bad at developing outfielders since mm, mm, Billy Williams. I think I can go that far. The Cubs have been disgustingly bad at developing outfielders since Billy Williams. And Corey Patterson 
They had Joe Carter, who they traded. They had Doug Glanville, who was the number one draft pick. Really, the Cubs haven't done very well with outfielders, have they? Kyle Schwarber turned into an outfielder. Cubs traded for Dexter Fowler. They traded for Kenny Lofton. Traded for Sammy Sosa. The Cubs have been horrible about developing outfielders, and that puts me at a huge disadvantage because I'm not used to what is it that a normal team, a standard team, a traditional team, an ordinary team will have as a standard outfield decision to make? I don't know, because the Cubs haven't shown me. The Cubs have not done a good job of bringing up players, especially players who are more center field, right field, than left field. They just have, you know, Mark Zagunas. But what most organizations have, somewhere in double A or triple A, most of the time, most of the organizations have a guy somewhere in double A AA or triple A, most of the time, this guy <coughs> very well could be, possibly should be, possibly will be a starting outfielder for us in the near future. This guy's going to be a guy. He's going to be a stud. He's going to be a dude. He's going to be an outfielder, and he, we're confident he's going to be an outfielder because through the years we have seen players coming up and we've gotten used to the premise of, yeah, we generally have an outfielder in double A AA or triple A who's going to generally be pretty good. Occasionally, I go back in time and live out former seasons, former years, other teams. One of the teams that I occasionally stumble into is the late 60s, early 70s <coughs> San Francisco Giants. Willie Mays was still around, but he was... A bit of a shadow of his former self, but he was still generally the starting center fielder. Then they had Bobby Bonds and Ken Henderson come up. Okay, it's not bad. Then, as those three started getting playing time, they had Dave Kingman show up. Hmm, okay. That's that, that again, that's, that's bringing up a guy. He's ready to replace whoever will be leaving. Okay, I can see that. I can dig it. Then, shortly after Dave Kingman started to play a bit more, they brought up, kind in succession, Gary Matthews who would eventually end up going to the Braves and the Phillies, then the Cubs. And they, Gary Matthews and Gary, uh, Gary Maddox. 
Maddox was a fantastic center fielder. Incredible range, very fast, didn't necessarily hit for a whole lot of power, but in the San Francisco ballpark, uh, doubles up the gap was kind of cool. So they'd gone from Willie Mays, etc., etc. Um, now they had Maddox, now they had Bonds, now they had Matthews. They were able to trade Ken Henderson for a pitcher. When you develop internally, then once someone else becomes available, once the new guy is ready to start kicking butt, then you can trade the guy who is um, most old, I'll put it that way. Um, then not too long after they had Maddox and Matthews, they brought up Jack Clark, another outfielder. They just kept bringing up outfielders. They kept bringing up outfielders. They kept bringing up outfielders, many of whom were very good, and the Cubs still haven't figured this stuff out. Now, why does that put me at a disadvantage? Why does that put me at a disadvantage? I really have no frame of reference. I really don't have any frame of reference as far as how good a player ought to be doing at AAA or AA for me to be able to assume he will be a regular starter or a virtual all-star or an actual all-star or elite. Because that's what you kind of want to do. You want to be able to look at a guy in AA and once he gets to AAA, have a little bit of a hunch as far as because this guy is doing this well at this level, I expect at the next level he will do that well. You want to have a little bit of frame of reference. For the Cubs, I have none. I have no frame of reference. Well, you can base everything off of Mark Zagunas or Corey Patterson. The Cubs have been atrocious at outfield prospects. Absolutely atrocious. And it's crushed them. It's absolutely crushed them. You bring up, you have Albert Almora. Well, he's doing this sort of well at the major league, at the minor league level. Well, there were things that he never quite developed into. He, um, <laughs> people want to blame Theo Epstein for how Albert Almora developed. Albert Almora was who he was. Albert Almora was who he was. He was a Swing first kind of an outfielder that at the very low levels showed that he was going to be a very good defender. And for whatever reason or reasons, he never quite developed into what a lot of people thought he might have been. Of course, there are some people who still think he will be that guy once he gets into the right situation. What the Cubs ought to be in the practice of doing. And it looks like they're starting to get there. They have Brennan Davis at the upper levels now. He's in double A. Possibly ought to be bumped to triple A late in the season. Maybe yes, maybe no. 
then the goal is to back that up with other players. You get your Brennan Davis in AAA. Next year, you very well might have Alexander Canario in AA. Then you hope that Owen Casey can possibly figure things out, or a Pete Crow Armstrong. Perhaps Yohindrik Piango continues to mash, or Nelson Belaztez keeps hitting. And then you start getting to the point where the Cubs, at the upper minor league level, at the upper minor league level, double-A, triple-A, we have this guy at double-A, we have this guy at triple-A. Both of them look like they could possibly be very good major league players, but we have this guy at double-A and this guy at triple-A. The last dozen years that I've been following the Cubs minor league pipeline, they haven't had anybody at AAA doing well because as soon as anybody gets to AA and starts doing well, they got to yank them up to the major leagues because they're too desperate. Back in the day, back in the day, the Giants, okay, we're going to leave Gary Maddox down the minor leagues. Well, why are you going to do that? He's good because we don't need him yet. Just leave him there. He's doing well in AAA. There's no spot for him in the major leagues. Eventually, you make a trade. Oh, okay. Now, there's a spot for him. Outfield is supposed to be one of the easier spots to fill because there are so many players who ought to be able to play outfield reasonably well. Other teams manage it. Other teams call up a guy from AAA. Oh, wow. Guy hits well, he throws well, he runs well. He, he's actually a pretty good, pretty good player. And of course, Cub fans, five years later, let's trade for him. <laughs> Why? Because the Cubs don't have any outfielders. You have to trade for him or get him in free agency. Or Dexter Fowler, you do both. If the Cubs get to the point where they have internally grown outfielders who are doing the job adequately well and can start to give Cubs fans a frame of reference as far as what a good outfielder does when they're in double A or triple A, or double A and triple A, or just triple A, whatever, then Cubs fans will start to get a look. Cubs fans will start to get a feel. As right now, I can't tell you. I'm looking at my 12-player list. <clears throat> I have Jonathan Perlaza on it. Is Jonathan Perlaza worth a 40-man roster spot? I think so. I don't want to lose him in the offseason. But if I had a better frame of reference, if I had a better frame of reference from what the Cubs had been doing throughout all the years... I could look at Jonathan Perlaza. I could look at his numbers at advanced A-ball, say, well, how does he compare to the four really good Cubs internally grown outfielders from the past six or seven years? But the Cubs don't have that. 
and I am at a great disadvantage. Is Jonathan Perlazov worth the 40-man roster spot? As of right now, I think so. I look at Nelson Velazquez. I look at Jared Young. They hit. They are upper minor league players that hit. This is an alien concept to me. I'm not familiar with it. The Cubs have done such a miserable job of putting together double-A AA and triple-A teams that have five, six, seven really good hitters on them. The Cubs just haven't done that. It hasn't been something they'd do. Yes, they had Javier Baez, they had Chris Bryant, they had Jorge Soler. But with pretty much all of them, the minor league affiliates were outposts for until they completely crushed that outpost and moved on to the next, which is fantastic. It's wonderful having players that are that good in your organization. But usually what happens, a team not only has the superstars as helped bring the Cubs the World Series title in 2016. They also have a number of players who, this guy isn't a superstar, but my goodness, he can play. He can play this is exactly what you're going to get with a major league quality starting outfielder when he's in triple A, when he's in double A and triple A. Cubs fans, no idea what that means. Absolutely alien concept. Cubs fans do not know what it's like to have. A good outfielder in double A and triple A who then graduates to the major leagues and is really good there too. Haven't had one since Billy Williams. The Cubs haven't had a homegrown outfielder that was really good at the major league level since Billy Williams. And really, I, I'm being totally honest here. I don't know how the major, the minor leagues worked very well in 1957. 1958, 1959. I don't remember that. The Cubs need to parlay a string of players in a row. have a Brennan Davis and an Alexander Canario and Pete Crow Armstrong and a Kevin Alcantara and an Owen Casey and Johindrik Piango, possibly a Jonathan Perlaza, just so Cubs fans can say, oh, 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 that's what it's like to have an upper minor league affiliate with two future starting outfielders 
in it because the Cubs don't know Cubs fans don't know what that's about. It is something we have never seen, most of us. And at least as far as for me, it makes my assessing really bad because I have no precedent. I don't know how good I should expect Nelson Velazquez to be. I don't know how good I should expect Rafael Morel to be. I don't know how good I should expect Jonathan Perez, any of these guys, because I've never seen the Cubs have two or three or four good major league starting quality outfielders in the same upper minor leagues at the same time. Now, if I'd have been a New York, uh, a San Francisco Giants fan back in the late 60s, early 70s, that would have been old hat to me. Hey, yeah, we got uh, Gary Maddox and Gary Matthews that they're, they're just sitting here, just sitting here because there's no spa space for them at the major league level. But as far as Cub fans, we don't know. We see Albert Almora, and we project that he's going to be a fantastic player. And if he's not, it was obviously Theo Epstein's fault. I'm wondering. Victor Robles has been sent down by the Washington Nationals to AAA. I'm trying to figure out if that is Theo Epstein's fault as well. I don't know how good... Albert Elmora should have been. I have no frame of reference because I've never seen the Cubs have two or three really good outfielders in the same upper minor league cluster at the same time. I just haven't. Because they've never done that. The Cubs have not generally drafted well. The Cubs have not drafted hitters well. The Cubs have not done a whole lot with pitchers either. And because of that, people who are trying to assess things based off of Cubs precedent, Cubs history, Cubs what has happened in the past 15, 20, 30 years, we don't know because it's never happened before. It's never happened before. Hopefully over the next two or three years, the Cubs will start to send up. This guy is doing so well at advanced A-ball, we better run him up to triple A, to double A. Not triple A, that's how they do it now. This guy is doing so well in the outfield at advanced A level, we'd better run him up to double A. And because he's moving up, we can reach down to low A and call up this guy and bring him up to advanced A and let him try. And hopefully, 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 players continue to get better. Players to continue to develop. Players continue to push envelopes. And at some point, perhaps Cubs fans can realize. Oh! If you draft well, if you sign players well internationally, and you develop them well, they do well throughout the pipeline, they do well to advanced A, and they do well to double A, and they do well to triple A. Well, that we have that six, eight, ten, thirty years 
of precedent. Oh, well, this guy here, he's kind of doing the way Kevin Alcantara did. So since that's how Kevin Alcantara did, maybe that's how we should project him. The Cubs don't have that. There is no frame of reference. None. The Cubs, Cubs fans have no frame of reference on particularly outfielders, how they will do. Cubs have actually done adequately well with first baseman. You know, they have Mark Grace. Um, they traded for Anthony Rizzo early enough. But uh, there's at least a little bit of frame of reference there. But for outfielders, there is none. There is no frame of reference for outfielders. How, how good does a double-A guy have to do to be a good player in triple-A? How well does a triple-A player have to do to do well at the major league level? No idea. No frame of reference. And not in a good way. Thanks for stopping by. Have a great Tuesday. I hope Justin Steele has a successful outing. And let's see, who is it tonight? I've seen, but I'm not remembering. I think there's some TBAs. Um, but I think Myrtle Beach. Is it? Uh, Myrtle Beach. I think Myrtle Beach is the game I'm, I'm following tonight. Have a great day. Have a great rest of your week. And hopefully the Cubs outfielders over the next four or five years develop well. Because Cubs fans have waited a long time for that kind of stuff. <laughs>